0: Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts, please make sure you subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends to subscribe, check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network as well. If you want to advertise with us, you can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com with any inquiries there. You can find us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls, like us on Facebook at Bowls as well. I'm Sean Hyken of The Athletic. With me, as always, Cody Westerland of 670 to score, and Cody,
1: Rondo is back. Rajon Rondo is back. He wasn't quite enough to get the Bulls over the hump on a Tuesday night in Washington where the Bulls fell 101-99 to the Wizards. The Bulls fell to 19-20 and on the year, one game under 500 now. Currently at the time of this podcast in ninth in the East, and they were undone by two late John Wall jumpers. One to tie it, one to give the Wizards the lead. The last one came after I believe he shook Michael Carter-Williams on his screen and Robin Lopez did not step up far enough to contest his jump shot. Nailed the shot for the lead with five seconds left. Bulls called timeout, inbounded to Doug McDermott. Who got, what do you say, Sean, a decent look? He I, thought it was look. Re- I was a good look. I was fine with the look.
0: I was absolutely fine with the look that he got. He had his feet set. There was a little bit of... Talk on the social media sphere about him maybe kicking out the leg. It didn't look like it was anything unnatural to me. I thought it was a fine look, and it's a kind of it's a kind of look. I know there was some talk that maybe Denzel should have gotten it because he was hot, but you know, even though I know I know Doug was not uh, shooting well tonight. He was two for eleven on the night. I'm still fine with Doug McDermott taking a good look at a three if you're
1: if you're going for the lead. He's one of the only good shooters on the team. I'm fine with him getting that shot. And we, of course, need to point out that the Bulls played without Dwayne Wade because he was resting on the second of a back-to-back. They played without Jimmy Butler, who remained in Chicago with illness, and they played without Nikola Mirotic, who at some point on the flight to Washington, D.C., or at some point on Tuesday, came down with an illness, flu-like symptoms. It sounded like they were playing without uh, their two leading scorers and three of their primary offensive guys. So that's why the ball was in Doug McDermott's hands at the end of the game, obviously. That's why Denzel Valentine had the biggest game of his career, 19 points, 7 of 15 from the field, 5 of 11 on threes. You liked what he brought early for the Bulls, really hot early. Played solid for most of the night. Uh, Fred Hoiberg indicated in a post-game interview on CSN Chicago, that they went with Doug because he has a little more experience in the NBA and the thing is like Fred does trust Doug that's the thing yeah. and you know again like you said they brought him off the screen a little misdirection got him a decent look and I don't think you can go wrong with it play for the win on the road sometimes when you're shorthanded does that make sense
0: yeah especially in the second night of a back-to-back like they they didn't want to go to overtime they did not <laughs> I right. think like, to go without, to without shorthanded they were and it was on a back-to-back they there's there's that I, I was I was totally fine with the look that Doug got at the end. Uh, as far as Denzel goes, I was I really liked what he was doing. I, I mean, he just what do you
1: think? What you like about him?
0: He was just confident shooting the ball. He gets the ball; it's just going up. He's not hesitating on any of his shots. He was getting good looks. He was making some good passes. I I mean, obviously there's still defensive concerns with him, and but you know, overall, I just I like the confidence he's playing with. I like the way he's playing offensively. I think there's something to build on
1: there. What do you think, I mean, with Jimmy and D-Wade out, obviously that opened up a bunch of minutes. We're talking like 70 minutes kind of opened up with those guys sitting out on this night. Is Denzel a guy that you think, how much do you think just the playing time and the rhythm and being able to get out there? Because he played just over 30 minutes, which I'd have to look that up, but that's probably a career high too off the top of my head or really close to that if it's not. Uh, how much do you think that just helps a guy like that? And is that why he was good? or like can he do this in shorter
0: bursts? you know? I think it's big for his confidence and I don't know where the minutes would be coming from, considering that Fred said after the game that he anticipates Rajon Rondo getting similar minutes or maybe not similar minutes, but he's you know he is gonna, gonna stay in the rotation. If it weren't for that, I kind of like the idea of Denzel just slotting in, with Wade you know, he played in the in, in the rotation in uh the game against Charlotte before he got yep, injured. And I know Dwayne Wade was injured in that game, so he didn't play. But I mean, see this is the thing. And I clearly like, Bobby Portis has gotten minutes the last couple of nights, so clearly they want to get him in too. It's. I think this is going to be a lot easier after the trade deadline because I think they're going to make some moves to move some of those veteran guys. Maybe not. Obviously not Jimmy
1: Butler, but you know Ty yeah, Robin. We've talked about. We've talked about Timash that before, and the, and we're going to get the deep dive into the off court drama for the Bulls surrounding Rondo here. But he did uh, come back after five straight games in which he was benched, uh, five straight DNP coaches decisions. Played 27 minutes as basically the sixth man off the bench and he shot six of 13 from the field had 12 points had six assists uh looked pretty good early but again we're gonna get to the off-court stuff but basketball wise he was helpful for them in this game
0: you know what and i don't know we'll see i mean i guess it's him. it's preferable to just completely not playing like he has been the last several games but i kind of like the idea of him coming off the bench and being on the floor with the shooters in the second unit with uh, Doug and Nico and Denzel, if he stays in there, and he, him just being able to set guys up for shots. The reason that the three alphas' starting lineup hasn't worked is because Rondo is useless in terms of creating his own offense, and when he's kicking it out to guys like Dwayne Wade or Robin Lopez or Taj Gibson, there's no threats for him to shoot. I like the idea of putting him on the floor with shooters so that it kind of mitigates his own lack of offensive threat.
1: The only catch there is that the Bulls are almost always going to have Jimmy Butler on the floor and Dwayne Wade for most nights, and at that point, then you're making the decision minutes between Rondo, Jaron Grant, and Valentine, probably to a degree, too, if you kind of, by the time you slot Jimmy Butler to point guard, sometimes you put someone else on the wing, so he's kind of in that minutes pool, too, so how willing are you, if you were the coach, if you were Fred Hoiberg, to give Rondo minutes... At the expense of Jaron Grant, Denzel Valentine, when the Bulls are still in this weird world of, yes, we want to make the playoffs, but heck, on Christmas Day, John Paxton says, we got to see what we have in these young guys. Like They haven't even come out yet and said, if this is a youth movement, if they are aiming for the playoffs... I don't know that you can come out and say the playoffs are on our radar when Dwayne Wade's on your team. That's the thing. Like, there Any chance of this just being a youth movement or them tanking or doing
0: anything went out the window when they decided not to trade Jimmy Butler on draft night and then signed Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Y- you know that they're at least trying to be competitive. They're not completely bottoming out, but at the same time, they've been slowly working some of these younger guys in there with Rondo not playing the last week or so. Jaron Grant has gotten more minutes. Uh, Chris Felicio you've started seeing get more minutes. So I think the plan is to slowly build these guys up, slowly start trusting them more, and then maybe by the deadline, if you like what you're seeing enough out of Felicio, you can flip Robin Lopez somewhere at the deadline and really you know, give him the reins. You've
1: been talking about Robin Lopez getting flipped a couple times. Mentions, not saying it's going to happen, but you've brought up the idea on a couple podcasts, Sean. I feel like the Bulls still... They like his contract control. Is he under one or two more years? Two more after this. Yeah, two more after this. Like, I feel like they like that price in this surging salary cap era, surging salaries. I think he's locked in around 13, 14-something in yeah. there. At What's a fair price? And I know, like, the the reason it's it's in play is because, I mean, Hoiberg's already gone away from him and benched him down the stretch of games. So he's not, like, really vital. But at the same time, like he's the person that if you trace the Bulls to having an edge this year, you might trace it to him more than anyone else being tough, dominating on the offensive glass at times. I know Felicio's has done a good job off the bench uh, chasing offensive rebounds as well. well the thing with I, I, the Robin thing, like I think they're going to hold on to him. I think they are too. I'm just
0: saying I wouldn't be surprised if you know that's the direction they decided to go in if they get a good offer for him. I think he definitely makes more sense to keep past the deadline than Taj does just because Taj's expiring and you know he's probably not going to be back next year.
1: Yeah, there's no untouchables on the Bulls, but you're saying he's he's more likely to be receptive if the Bulls had to pick up phone calls, they'd be receptive to that in a way they aren't with others. Well, the thing with Robin, yeah,
0: I I think that's definitely true. The thing with Robin is that he is really only useful in certain matchups, and we've seen this the last couple of weeks. Anytime you have him out with any kind of big man who can shoot, you you know, LaMarcus Aldridge in the Spurs game, Miles Turner in the Pacers game a couple weeks ago, anytime he's out on any, has to be taken out to the perimeter, he's just an awful matchup for that on on the defensive end. You saw he was able to hang with Roy Hibbert uh, in the Charlotte game, but that's that's the kind of guy that he's a good matchup for.
1: Certainly. And you said Robin Lopez is useful in some situations. In all situations, we can confirm sources tell us that SeatGeek is always useful because it's the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the basketball games, football games, uh, any sporting event you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. With SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere, anytime, just a few clicks, a few taps. Instantly find seats for this weekend's games or any game down the line this season. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket... As a great score based on value, you'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every single SeatGeek ticket is 100% backed by their guarantee, so you can shop with confidence. Here's what we need our Locked On Bulls listeners to do: download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click Add a promo code. Enter the promo code LO just how it sounds. LO Bulls, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. You can't beat that, so download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBULLS today. Sean? So let's talk about the Rondo stuff. The big news of the day, <laughs> not quite the X's and O's. The controversy is not going to be over who Hoiberg called the final shot for with half of his roster out. It's going to be over Rajon Rondo's pregame comments in D.C. About, what, hour, 45 minutes before tip-off, something These are like so that. good. He, uh... He met with a small group of traveling beat reporters, and he basically torched the Bulls for a lack of communication and the. Well, limited first of all, he said he, was, he said he that he's been playing pickup
0: at a middle school here in Chicago in order to stay in shape.
1: Yeah, out on the west side. I think it might have been Improviso or something. And I but really
0: want to know. I really want to know who he's playing pickup with. Is it, other, is it other Bulls players? Is
1: it random pickup players who just show up to play their pickup games at Rajon I'm, I'm guessing people. it's random people. Probably some college-aged individuals and maybe, you know, guys who graduated college and played. But I don't think he's out there hooping with Bulls players that much. Like, we've seen the end-of-practice three-point shooting contests, like with Isaiah Cannon, Michael Carter-Williams, Rajon Rondo, and who am I missing in that? Someone else. But it's like the saddest three-point shooting contest of all time because Rondo and Michael Carter-Williams are involved. And I can only imagine that it's probably going on for, like, the more than six minutes that we see, like maybe 15 or 20 minutes. Right. first to five three-pointers wins or something. But Rondo's trying to get, you know, reps any way he can because before Tuesday night he hadn't played in the last five games and he basically said he's received no explanation whatsoever from Fred Hoiberg regarding his role. He's had limited talk with him, but it's about basketball. It's not about his role. Hasn't been about his benching. And his quotes are just absolutely unbelievable on some of this. Like, you cannot Just make, read some of these.
0: This is great.
1: You you cannot make some of this up. Rondo on if he and Fred Hoiberg have talked much about his circumstances. Um, how can I say this? No. <laughs> Wonderful. That comes from Casey Johnson of the Chicago Tribune. Rondo also said, quote, I got a slight explanation from another guy on the staff. A guy told me that he was saving me from myself. Which is... Maybe the money quote of getting to the bottom of this, like, what do you just make of that quote, Sean? Like, what the heck is going on? Well, I, he didn't say which
0: staffer it was, but I would bet a large amount of money was probably Jim Boylan. That's who he threw a towel at.
1: Should we say misplaced the towel misplaced around? Misplaced the
0: towel around. And then a couple days after so, that incident, uh, this was a month ago in Dallas, a month and a half ago, uh... He, the next game, uh, he made a point to come out and give Jim Boylan credit for a play call or something in a post-game uh, media availability.
1: Well, it should be noted, Rondo was asked to follow up what he thought of that save-myself explanation, and he said, quote, I thought it was BS, with the full yes. the full word there. He said, save me from myself. I've never heard that before in my life, but I guess he was trying to do the best thing for me. Rondo went on to say... And again, courtesy of Casey Johnson, the Tribune quote, when I signed here, why I wanted to come here. It's a lot different than what I anticipated. Also said later, quote, you're only as good as your coach thinks you are. That's a big part of each individual, success in the NBA. That question, it didn't sound like was directly pertaining to Fred Hoiberg, but that's his coach and that's the context of it. And this is becoming more of a disaster. It's not great. And what makes this
0: more complicated is that Rondo played tonight and he was actually helpful. So now the Bulls are in kind of a quandary because he basically threw the entire organization and coaching staff under the bus in these pregame comments, which sort of goes against what the front office told him during that meeting on New Year's Eve, which is that he needs to stay professional about this. But at the same time, I mean, he's playing well. Is Fred really just going to take him out of the rotation after he has a good game? Because according to Rondo here... That minus 20 that he had in the first half and plus minus in the Indiana game was the reason that he got benched. And so if he's playing well and he's a positive uh, on-court presence, can they really justify to him taking him out of the rotation? So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I still bet that he's not on
1: the Bulls' roster on March 1st. I would agree with that. That's the deadline for buyout for, for guys to be eligible for a playoff team for someone Else, of course, the trade deadline, I think it's about a week. It's the 23rd. A week before that. Trade deadline's the 23rd. Um, So, I mean, can the Bulls put up, I I say put up, like, I'll I'll say this. In this saga, uh, I understand exactly what the Bulls did. I think they should have benched him. That was the right play. But the way they've addressed this with him off the court, all they've said the whole time is, hey, He's handling it professionally, but they haven't. It doesn't sound like been man to man with him about this. Like that meeting with Gar Foreman and John Paxson on New Year's Eve night, it sounded like Rondo's the one that kind of spearheaded that. Like I'm going to go talk to them. We're going to have this meeting because they need to tell me something. He's since gone on the record, I believe, uh, Nick Friedel of ESPN.com, saying the meeting went okay. They clarified nothing, basically, is what he <laughs> said. So like the Bulls, every angle here. Like, they have to be careful, too, because Fred Hoiberg, and I say be careful, they just need to stop being idiots. Fred Hoiberg said on Saturday morning, yeah, I've had a a, a discussion with Rondo, sat down with him and talked about his role. I'm not going to divulge any details. They got a guy who's going to call them out, and he doesn't care what's going to happen here, and he's going to put everything out there, all the dirty laundry for everyone to see, and this is a perception around the rest of the NBA, when this happens, that the Bulls aren't communicating well with him. Fred Hoiberg's end... And I know Rondo has had a lot of baggage in other places. This isn't the first time he's had problems. But this two years in a row, Fred Hoiberg has failed to communicate with a proud veteran who the Bulls laud as someone that everyone respects and looks to on the team. So the Bulls are simultaneously, you know, touting him, praising him for his leadership, and the head coach can't even get along with this guy. Can't communicate well. We go back to the Joe Kim Noah benching thing. Of course, Fred's rookie coaching season. Fred saying Joe's just yeah he volunteered to come off the bench, you know, and Joe being like. Hell no, that's not how it went down. Like, this is bad. Like, Fred's got it. It, It's easy to communicate with Dwayne. And when he was
0: hired in June of 2015, they talked about how he's a great communicator. Remember, they they sent out that press release when they fired Tibbs, and they were talking about how it was an inter inter interdepartmental communication that had fallen off, and they loved Fred so much because he was on the same page with everybody. (laughs) Now this stuff is coming up. The
1: first sentence of Gar Foreman's quote on Fred Hoiberg in the hiring press release was that he's a great communicator. And I do think he's communicated very well with Dwayne Wade this year. I think he's found a way to do a good job to get on the same page with Jimmy Butler. But this is two proud veterans he hasn't been able to communicate with. He did not get on the same page as Derek Rose last year regarding what he wanted him to do on the court. That is partially Derek's fault as well as Fred's. There's no doubt about that that Derek didn't always take what a coach said and applied it very well or very quickly on a court. We know that. But add this, too, to it. Taj Gibson on record saying he sought an explanation from the coaching staff regarding on Rondo's benching and didn't get and it. And Taj is the guy who's not going to throw his coach under the bus. He's the biggest
0: company man that there is in the NBA. Who,
1: yeah, who are you believing here? Rondo and Taj on the miscommunication side or Fred Hoiberg in the front office? I'm going with Rondo and Taj. And this... Level communication, look, again, the most important thing probably is being on the same page as your star player, Jimmy Butler, which it really seems like Fred has got on in the last year ever since the Coach Harder comments in December 2015. I think they've worked really hard toward doing that and probably deserve credit. Again, that's what's most important. But there's a breakdown other places. And the other thing we get back to, when they signed Rondo in free agency, obviously we knew they did it in part because they had money, needed to spend money. And they needed Didn't a name. have Dwayne Wade yet. They needed a name. They had Jose Calderon as their point guard, whatever. But also because they said, this will work because Fred and Rondo sat, sat down and had a three-hour meeting and, and talked shop about Rondo Rondo's just floor. another coach on the floor
0: is what Fred told us at
1: Summer League. And you can't communicate with that other coach on the floor. What, what do you make of all like, that? How do they fix this? What do they do?
0: I mean, I think at some point you just throw in the towel on the rondo experiment buy him out and just kind of go with the youth movement I that's kind like, of the move
1: do these comments accelerate that in a way that they didn't before because they they've been saying as long as he's professional i mean this is what they've said publicly and i believe behind the scenes too i know you've talked to a few people like they've been saying if he's professional it's just kind of status quo right mm-hmm. but yeah. does this accelerate that it depends on how
0: he plays because Fred did say that he's going to be back in the rotation. So if he has another couple of good games where he plays like tonight where he was at least, maybe he wasn't great tonight, but he was useful. If he has another couple of good games where he's actually a useful part of the rotation, he'll probably stay in the rotation. If he has another really awful game like that first half against Indiana, he probably gets taken out of the rotation again. And then maybe you look at these comments that he made before this game and think, hey, you know, do we really want to deal with this
1: for another four or five weeks until the trade deadline? Yeah, and the other thing is, Fred is, at every turn again, just deflected and sidestepped and not addressed a single question here. He was asked by the traveling beat reporters in the post game presser that CSN showed, he was asked, you know, Rondo said, it's a lot different than what I anticipated. Do you feel it's different, basically, than that initial conversation? And Fred again said, I'll speak to the game tonight. On other occasions, this has been happening a lot lately, you ask them questions about the future, about this back and forth, and he just rehashes what happened previously. Like, we benched him against the Pacers and then thought this was the best way to go. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's not a lot here, and Rondo's going to start controlling this narrative real quick because the microphone, Sean, they're going to be ready anytime he wants to talk here in the next few weeks. And the Bulls, the front office is silent in all of this. And at this point, Rondo's the one out here talking, and Fred is being asked about it, but saying very, very little about it. So I don't know what this is all about. You know what I'm saying there? Uh, We need to talk about this answer from Rondo uh, tonight. Uh, This
0: is from Casey the Tribune. This is an all-timer. I'm literally literally just seeing this right now on Twitter. Uh, This is an all-timer. When asked how Rondo fell, he says, I fell fast, and it was a callback to when he... (laughs) had his meeting with Hoiberg about the benching where he was told he looked slow. So that was definitely intentional.
1: He's wonderful. He also, apparently, according to reports, halfway through his media session pregame, a Bulls PR staffer tried to break up the media session because obviously they knew that the organization was basically getting dumped on and Rondo said no they can go four or five more minutes this is the most attention i've gotten in a while
0: <laughs> which i mean and i just i mean i i love i love the bulls pr staff so i i feel bad for them in that situation but you just have you have to i mean what, what do you do when you go and you're just doing your job trying to shut this down because you know this is not going to be a good pr move and then the person that you're trying to shut down is a guy like Rajan Rondo who goes uh he's, he's going to say, no, no,
1: no, I'm going to talk. Like what, what, like, what are you supposed to do about that? This is the one where you forward an email to your boss, and your boss's boss, until it gets to guard Foreman, John Paxson, and say, hey, you signing Rajon Rondo put an absolute truckload of people in the organization in awkward positions. PR staff, coaching staff, your own front office, the, the, idea- the marketing staff with bobbleheads and he didn't play. I'm still trying to get one of those bobbleheads, by the way. I'm working on that. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Taj Gibson said, quote, we're a much better team with Rajon Rondo on the court. Not sure about that, but uh, he's, he's, a lo- he's a loyal guy. Dumping for him. He's a loyal
0: guy. He's always going to go to bat for his teammates. He's not going to throw Rondo under the bus.
1: Hoiberg also said, maybe another window into the lack of communication, that he hadn't heard of one of his staffers, assistant coaches, telling Rondo that the Bulls were saving him from himself. So there appears at best to be prevalent miscommunication on every level of this situation in the Bulls organization underneath the leadership of a coach who they touted to be a great communicator when he was hired. And again, maybe this is just what you get when you sign Rajon Rondo because I I, I feel like Fred again has been... Communicating well on most other fronts, uh, specifically with Butler and Dwayne Wade, you know, what's good for the team? What can I do tonight? How can we help you? How can we keep you happy? But how many the, minutes are you going to play tonight, Dwayne? Yes. When the situation takes a darker turn, when there's more just face to face needed, when there's more clarity needed, that's the thing. Publicly offering some clarity here. Is it going to hurt the Bulls? I, I I don't see how that hurts the Bulls. But they're just dodging this Rondo situation. And it's building because, I mean, now you have the most respected player in the locker room, maybe, in Taj Gibson. I mean, by by accumulation of just being around all the time, having a long history right. with the locker room. I mean, Dwayne Wade's highly respected too, obviously. But just one of the most respected guys on the team, stumping for Rondo to be back out there on court. And I was actually a little surprised that Fred said post game that Rondo almost certainly will play basically, will be in the rotation on Thursday because again, Wade and Butler are back. Are you taking those minutes from Denzel Valentine who just had a career night? Are you taking those minutes from Jaron Grant, who has well, not played great, but he's a he's guy flashes. you to look at. You wanna look at him, he's shown flashes. I've liked how Jaron Grant has taken the ball and gone from three point line to the hoop. I don't like what Jaron Grant's done when he's tasked with initiating an offense. He does not look comfortable with the ball in his hands to me, but I've liked the energy he's brought in getting to the hoop and kind of just contorting defenses a little bit. And he can only do that if he's out there on the court, preferably with a shooter or two. And that's not Rajon Rondo because Rondo's either in his place or he's out there on a wing and that's not helping Jared Grant or anyone else. So maybe a little surprised how it all shook out there and already committing to Rondo in New York. Maybe he knew it was coming with Taj Gibson in the locker room. The groundswell of support now for Rajon Rondo on a night that he had one one cherry-picked hoop, a 6 of 13 line, and again, he was useful, helpful. I thought he looked more like himself in this game. But at the same time, it's not like he, he burned it up out there. The most the, the, the most convenient way for this to end is for, you
0: know, if they really want to uh, take him out of the rotation again with now how unpopular that's going to look with uh, with teammates.
1: If you take him out of the rotation come up with it, come up again, with you got to cut ties with him at some point. Come right? up with
0: an injury. Just come up with
1: something. Wait, yeah. I mean, the Bulls, the Bulls medical staff has a long history of messing up injuries and, what should I say, treatment. Like, they can come up with a fake injury pretty easily here, right? Just tell them, just, just get it, just
0: use the spine.
1: No, <laughs> no Rondo would come out and shut that down. He so would, bad. but <laughs> you can't make up a fake injury for him. That's like what they do with pitchers in baseball who have, well, like, that's what, I mean, that's are struggling, the- and they say you have a tired arm, and then you go out there, and the team's like. No, he does have a tired arm. That's why he's not any good. Otherwise, we don't want to say he just stinks. Like
0: Well, that's what they did in Dallas when he, you know, they basically kicked him off the team and they said it was a back injury and they never really admitted that it wasn't a back
1: injury. Yeah, uh, three days, like three days later, reports leaked to all the reporters. Right, they the reports leaked, but they never officially admitted it. Well, I think this story, again, I think Rondo would just be, uh, He'd be about he'd, that. He'd be about that. He shut that down real fast. I felt fast. That is so good. It's so great. That is so... I mean, that right there is blatant shade at his coach. Absolutely. Just blatant. And you're going to keep him around for another month and a half? I. This, this has been accelerated. Like I this think is this insane. has been accelerated. You can't have Rondo throwing shade at Hoiberg through the media for a month and a half. Or the rest of you, you can't. You gotta. This has got to end. This has to end sooner if than I later. If I set the if I set the over
0: under at January twenty fifth that
1: he's bought out over or under. Uh, I, I'm gonna say I don't think he's a Chicago bull in 15 days. January I don't think he's a Chicago bull. I don't take, know how. Whatever. He's, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna take the over. I think it. I think it still drags out until the deadline.
1: I mean, he could just be slinging shade every time we put it, put a microphone in front of his face. As long as he helps. As long as he's supportive of his teammates, they'll make it. You know, they'll they'll.
0: I don't know. This, this, is, this, this, whole, this whole situation else. is hilarious. I just it, it. Well,
1: it's hilarious too because, I mean, a lot of us knew it could be a disaster. I I wrote the Bulls could be really fun or they could be a disaster. They've been the fun day, to watch the day since they introduced the day they introduced Rondo. I said they could be really fun or they could be a disaster. I think they've been both at times. Absolutely. If if you really think about it, so I think for the most part that. I think we touched on most everything. Yeah. I know Derrick Rose has been in the headlines quite a bit with his one-game AWOL absence from the Knicks. Sean will probably get into that yeah. in New York. We'll get into that later in the week. No you episode tra- tomorrow because I'm traveling. But you are be- traveling to New York, so hopefully you'll you'll have time to get into that at some point. would be terrific because yeah. we've gone on a long time here. We could probably spend 30 minutes alone on Derrick Rose maybe too. Uh, former Bull who is back with the Knicks. Good to see that. He's safe and sound, had a family matter. Hopefully everything's Um, going okay with that. We don't know what a lot of a lot of controversy and and fuzziness surrounding that. So uh, we'll be back with you again, like I said, later in the week. The Bulls have Wednesday off. I believe they travel to New York City where they'll play Thursday night against the Knicks. As we said, the Bulls are currently nineteen and twenty. We are what, two games shy of the halfway point and they're hovering right there around five hundred just barely on the outside looking in. If the Bucks lose tonight by the time this podcast ends or something, I think the Bulls will be tied for the 8th seed. Uh, so that's where they've been, treading a lot of water, wins and losses. Jimmy Butler, unclear still, I believe, availability for Thursday. If I was a betting man, I'd I'm say gonna, yes. I'm going to imagine he tries. But the Michael Carter Williams said late late Monday night he was real sick, and Fred Hoiberg made it sound like that's indeed true. He, he had quite the illness. Quite the uh, hashtag flu watch going across the NBA. I'm gonna guess he plays, and yeah, I, I would think so as well. Dwayne Wade obviously scheduled to play again. So as always, uh, you can follow Sean on Twitter at hiken. Follow myself at Cody Westerlin. We're on Twitter with Locked On Bulls right where you'd expect to find us at Locked On Bulls Facebook page. Locked On Bulls. If you like to click to the podcast from there or leave any comments, feel free. Most of all, send us a uh, email at lockedonbulls at gmail.com. Basketball questions, send us advertising inquiries so send us some money we like that that's always good and most of all too subscribe that's the best
0: thing that's right you can find us on itunes stitcher audio boom tune google play anywhere the podcast exists you can find us whatever your favorite podcast app is make sure you subscribe leave us a five-star review tell your friends to subscribe Check out the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network with the NFL playoffs underway. You're going to want to check out all 32 NFL podcasts, uh, as, as, yeah, or maybe more so the ones that are 24 still
1: 24 are the- talking about the NFL draft. Eight are talking about the teams yes. in the playoffs. Yes, totally whatever what it is, is
0: there's, there's always NFL content. All 30 NBA teams have podcasts as well, as well as the Locked On NBA and Locked On NFL shows, Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On Fantasy Football, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. And we will be back with you on Thursday. Take it easy, guys.
1: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17